Hey everyone, we hope you're having a great week. My name is Eric Johnson, and along with my wife Candace, we are the lead pastors of Studio. We are based in Greenville, South Carolina, and we just want to take a moment and say hello and say thanks for listening to this podcast. So with that, let's get right to it. Okay, well we have just a short period of time because so many... I don't know, so many of you might be going to watch the Super Bowl. I will be just eating food and hanging out. It's all good, you know? I learned that the Chiefs and the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, right? Right. Which one, which one am I rooting for? Well, I don't know. Chiefs sound really cool. I don't know. Um, we'll see. So, no, no, nobody like, okay. I am not rooting for the Chiefs. I'm rooting for the Eagles. Oh. I see, I see us, okay. I don't know why, but this thing is so dangerous. Okay, well, we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna, we're gonna take a little bit of time together. I really believe that the Lord has something that he's inviting us into, and he's always inviting us into things. You know that God is always talking? He's always talking. He always has, always has something for us. He prepares a table before us, even in the presence of our enemies. So it's just whether we can see it, whether we can eat, and whether we're willing to eat what he's providing. That's usually the problem is you want something else. But it's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have what you're providing, God. So I just want to say that God is inviting us into something new, and um, it is good. We are going to be even more beautiful after this season. And we're going to be more beautiful because of the people in this room. I just, oh, we're going to have fun today. So first of all, I want to just share, this week is Valentine's week. February 14th is coming up. It's in two days. And for us, Valentine's Day is kind of a big thing in the sense that that was the first outing, shall I call it a date? The first date that Eric and I ever had was on Valentine's Day 27 years ago. Yes. Eric was um, very confident enough to have us invite me out on Valentine's Day. We went for a walk, went to his grandparents' house in Santa Cruz um, because that's where they lived. And then a year later to the date, we went on another outing, a date. We've been um, dating for a year, and he proposed to me on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we have been, let's see, that was 26 years ago. So 26, 25 and a half years ago, we were married. And I think about just that time, we were 21 years old. Yes, we were a lot younger then. And um, just all that's happened over the years. And just thinking of the phases and stages of love. And um, even from the very beginning, you know, getting to know each other, just to even step into love, we have to be willing to be present and to get to know one another. And that first part is fun. You're exploring, exploring who is this person and taking walks and talking, talking way longer than you should. I remember in college, I just had a graspy voice. It wasn't because I'm a graspy voice person, but it's because I didn't sleep because I was going to school all the time and then I was working and then I was talking to Eric. And, um, and then it would be like three in the morning and I have to go to bed for my two hours so I could do my homework and get up and do it again. Um, and it's because it's when you're getting to know someone, it's just exciting 
exciting. Love is exciting. And I would say love on all different levels. Love, even in the form of friendship, is exciting because it's a gift to get to know other people. And you know, there's different kinds of love. There's love that happens in friendship, love that happens in family, and there's romantic love as well. And it's exciting and it's a gift to experience any one of those. But in all of them, there's stages because before you really get to experience it, you have to get to know those people. And so I remember this, the, how fun it was getting to know Eric and um, spending time, and you just want to be with them as much as you possibly can. And we went on a date once, so we were in Santa Cruz in California, and we went over the mountains into San Jose, bigger city, and um, went to Spaghetti Factory. It's like a cheaper, nicer meal. You know, you have no money in college. We went to Spaghetti Factory. It was really fun. We just laughed and giggled and just... <laughs> That's what you do. You know, you know people who are in that kind of delight stage of love, like, ha, ah, everything's just magical and funny. We were in that. And the reason I can say that confidently is because we left the spaghetti factory and we were going back to Santa Cruz. And mind you, it is very simple to go from San Jose to Santa Cruz. There's a mountain range, you know, like it's really easy. You just go up and over it half an hour. We get in the car and we're just yakking it up, laughing, ha ha ha, everything is great. And we're driving and we're like, oh yeah, those are the mountains, we're gonna go over them. And we're driving for a long time. And then I see a sign that says Vacaville or Reading, which is the opposite direction by like 45 minutes. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna get on the toll bridge? I think we, we are in the way wrong direction, like so wrong direction. And then we just laughed, ha ha ha, like get the next exit. We're gonna be an hour and a half to get home now. Um, so we were, it was just so funny because you know you're in that goofball stage when you're so kind of into each other and kind of it's intoxicating because you just are, all your attention, everything is on that person. So I loved that stage of love. You know, but then it gets deeper. Over time, love gets richer. And there's something about time and love that makes this magical thing happen, it goes deeper. It goes deeper. If you don't pull out and you stay in, you get to experience different parts of love. And you know, the, the next one would be like choosing. The part of love where you choose, because you get to know someone, you're like, oh, you seem really neat. Seem, seem. But then you get to know. You get the opportunity to get to know. And when you get to know, then you get to decide, do I choose it? Or do I not choose it? And I remember the first time I went to um, stay with Eric's parents in Reading, and um, I don't, I ne we had never spent the same night anywhere, so I never really saw him in the morning, you know, outside of after you get ready and you're outside. And so I stayed at his parents' house, and we woke up in the morning, and, um, and I just was wondering, is something wrong? Did I do something? He must be mad at me because he was quiet. His voice was very low. And he wasn't smiling. It was like, I, ah, gosh, okay. And kind of shorter. So I'm just waiting, you know, and I'm thinking, I, I look forward to talking because I don't know what I did. Well, this is when I learned that Eric is not a morning person. <laughs> Eric is not a morning person, and I didn't know this till we stayed at your parents' house, because when I wake up, the birds are chirping. <laughs> <laughs> 
like my brain is just going really fast and it's exciting and I have lots of thoughts and ideas and it'd be fun to say some of them. <laughs> but I learned more about Eric that weekend when we were still dating and I just learned after asking him questions that it wasn't me, it's just that he doesn't talk in the morning um, or like to do much for the first hour and a half, two hours, a while, okay. So at that point, I get more knowledge and I get, to, I get to decide, do I choose it or do I not choose it? It's just part of the journey as we get to know one another because see, we're all very different and sometimes you just don't know what you don't know until you know it and then you get to choose. So take your time before you get married so that you get to know as much as you can before you really choose it. So. We have been married for 25 and a half years. And there's other stages, you know, you get, you get past the choosing stage and then you get, um, and then you get more into um, the enduring. The enduring, you know, the things when um, things aren't going as planned. Do you choose it or do you not choose it? And there's different kinds of choosing. There's even just, even with your attitude. Like even when it's challenging and it's say three in the morning and your child's been up for all night. Do you choose it or do you not choose it? It's the enduring things and it's, the choosing is like, how do you act and treat each other? And I say these things because I know this room is full of a lot of parents with young kids. And I know those times are, can be very trying. And those are times when I'd say, you just learn to endure. You learn to still say, hey, I choose you even though I feel haggard because I think I only slept two hours. And I think I took your shift too. <laughs> and I'm gonna look at you and I'm still gonna choose to smile. And I have a ring on my finger that says I choose you. Sometimes it's just, ah, I choose you and I'm thankful for that. You know, but you don't get to those places of love unless you still continue to choose. See, it's all part of the package. See, there's goofy love and the fun and laughter and joy. And then you get the, the choosing. You get to learn more things and choose. And then you get challenges. And you just learn to endure. Gosh, this isn't what I thought it would be like. I thought we would have more money than this. It's just, you know, just things that, ah, we're gonna have to figure this out. Is, are you gonna go or am I gonna go? Am I gonna watch the kid all night or are you gonna watch the kids all night? Do you get to go out with your friends or do I get to go out with my friends? You know, you just gotta figure it out together. And that's just, that's a big part of the love story. And then that's where you get into giving as well. Do you know that one of the, the big parts of love is giving? And do you know that love gets rich when we get to experience all of this? So I talk about this 25 and a half years of marriage and I'm so thankful for it. And I tell you that I'm not the same person because I've had the opportunity to go through the challenges, to go through the giving. And you know it's even more than the giving. It's giving, giving when it costs you something. It's called sacrifice. It's like, this is actually something I, I wow, it's gonna cost me something greatly and I'm still gonna choose to give it to you because I get to do that. It's called sacrifice. And these are all parts of love. And I feel like the Lord is inviting us into a deeper place to grow and mature in love. And you know, it's always an opportunity for us, but there is always a decision. You could choose it or you don't have to. And, um, and I wanna pray and then I wanna just go into, I, yeah, 
try to cover as much as I can in a short amount of time. So thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for your love that it's extravagant, it's wonderful, it's what we were born for and created for. God, we say yes to your love, but I also ask God that you would show us what you're inviting us into. That, you would, that we would have a clear as day picture of what you are inviting us into so that we can say yes. I thank you for everybody here, Lord. I bless their spirit to receive all that you're giving. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. I'm gonna read 1 Corinthians 13, a scripture that we all know very well, and it is powerful. Love suffers long and is kind. Just as we're reading it, just take it in again, even though I know you could probably quote it yourself. This is what we're talking about. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. And endures all things. This is love. This is more than just the goofy delight love. This is actually the deep love. The deep love. Even in the end, it's like lifting heavy weights. It bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. And endures all things. Love is active. Love isn't stale. Love um, is moving forward. This is what I get out of this uh, chapter, this verse these verses. Love gets low. Love gets low because it doesn't seek itself. That is not human nature. I don't know if you've been around people, if you've ever listened to the stuff that your body's telling you. It doesn't say, oh no, I prefer you. No, you go first when you're driving the car. Haha, <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's get real for a second. No, no, you go. Love is courageous because it's full of hope and belief. You have to be full of hope and belief to lean in. To lean in and not let go, that's hope and belief and that's bearing. That is love. Love is extremely courageous. Love chooses connection and draws near. That is not the easy path. That is the kind where you get to eat your own words. That's the kind where you get to, to go low. Choose connection. Love endures and perseveres. I was a long distance runner growing up, did cross country, um, running miles and miles, and, and I love it. I love, the longer it was, the better I would do. 400 around, once around the track, I did okay. 800, I did even better. One mile um, around the track, I would always place in the top. And then cross country, you're running three to five miles. I would do, it just worked better for me. I guess I need more time to stay up in the front. But what you learn in cross country is when you're running, you have to learn to slow down your breathing and rest and recuperate while you're still continuing to run. So it's not like you're running and then stop and breathe. You run and you keep running and you just learn to recover while you're running. You learn to relax your upper body, open up your arms so you don't get side stitches and you just keep moving your legs and you go to a happy place in your head. <laughs> That's what I do. I think about things. It's a really open time for me. The Lord speaks to me. But I go to happy places. But you kind of get to you get the opportunity in endurance. You learn to train yourself to stay in. You learn to relax and not pull out. This isn't fun. Probably not. I'm in. I need a break. Nope, we're going to learn to recover while we're still in. It's about staying in. It's about enduring and persevering. And some things you will never experience in life if you don't learn to persevere. It's actually an important trait in life. 
for a lot of things. But I would tell you in love, I actually don't know where you get to the rich, deep stuff without this. And we all want the rich, deep stuff. I love the goofball, ha ha, we're at Spaghetti Factory driving the wrong way. Yeah, it was really fun. But there is something about the deep, enduring, rich love that I really believe the Lord is calling us into and we need it for where um, he wants us to go. And then love is active because it gives and sacrifices. Um, I want to move beyond this and talk about love in the context of humanity. So humanity is full of people, and, um, and we're all called to love each other, and, um, and the, that context is just a whole nother ball game, is when you're talking about love with one another and all different kinds. See, we were all fearfully and wonderfully made, that's what the Bible says, and um, and we're dynamic, we're fascinating, we're intriguing. I am fascinated by humans. I'm fascinated by what people do, how they live, what they think. Humans are incredible. We're multidimensional. There are different races, ethnicities, cultures. There's different generations. There's so much varying in the, in the human expression. But isn't it crazy we're all created the image of God? Like in the differences, we're all created in his image, but we do get, do we choose it or do we not choose it? That's always the thing with humans and with us. And I say humans like as if it's, I'm not one of them, but it's a choice that I get to make as well. And I say this, I believe the Lord is calling us into something greater right now, but we get the opportunity to individually, do we choose it or do we not choose it? See, as we see, value, and embrace each other, we get to experience more of God. That's just how it is. Since we are created in his image, when I get to see you and I value you, then I get the benefit of who you are and who he is in you. And my life is less than when you're not in it. It's just the truth and reality. We miss out on what God has for us when we don't actually get the opportunity to really get to know and enjoy who you are. I wanted to find just a couple terms. Race is a terminology. Um, race is a human classification system to distinguish between groups of people. It is biological describing physical traits inherited from your parents. See, I book um, One Blood by John Perkins. He talks about there's only one race. It's the human race. I'm like, that actually resonates with me. That's true. We're all human beings. But it, it, this is a human classification, and it just helps um, to distinguish between different traits, physical traits in people. Um, the slide seven helps me get to understand race. This is how I see it more. These are different words that are synonymous with race. Uh, genealogy, line, blood. This is um, when we're referring to race. The next words are ethnicity and culture. Ethnicity is a broader term that refers to shared distinctions, cultural practices, and perspectives that set apart one group of people from another. These are things that I love, you guys. I love talking about this because I love different types of people. I love different ethnicities and cultures. And cultures consist of values, beliefs, systems of language, communication, and practices that people share in common and that can be used to define them as a collective. It basically informs how we live. It's how we walk, talk, interact, and live. That is our culture. And we all have different cultures. 
It's some of us, some um, different countries, people groups have culture. I can tell you that the culture in Northern California is a little bit different than the culture here in Greenville, in uh, South Carolina. Not extreme, but there are differences. The culture in California is different than the larger culture of the South. The culture in the United States is different than the culture in Central America. The cultural culture in Europe, in different parts of Europe, are different than different parts of Europe, but definitely different than America. And some of you from other countries or they're very well-traveled people, you're like, yes, it's very different. I love um, just the differences and the beauty of um, how people live in different ways. Extremely fascinating. We've had the ability or opportunity to travel a bit, and it's one of my, my favorite things that I feel like I get to experience different parts of God as we travel travel. Like going to Japan, what a gorgeous country. What a gorgeous country. And it was stunning because the culture is a much, is a strong culture. So you can see the differences. When a culture is really strong, you know when you're violating it and when you're going right along with it. We brought our daughters there when they were in elementary school and I could tell we were violating the culture. When we were riding on the trains and they were swinging like um, animals <laughs> on there and all the Japanese people were sitting there very quietly. I'm like, this is not acceptable, you guys. Sit down, sit down. You take your shoes off when you enter into the houses. Everything is really delicate. You think about origami. Origami is Japanese. It is de delicate. Everything is intricate. And even the way they pack your groceries was beautiful. And um, I just, Northern California wasn't like that. It's just very different. And it's beautiful. And the people are gorgeous. Uh, Latin America, I've had the opportunity to, to be, uh, to go to a lot of different countries. And I love the warmth, I love the family. It's more emotional. One of my funniest experiences was I spent a summer as an intern with a missionary in El Salvador, and we would take uh, American youth groups that would come down for two weeks, and we would take them around the country, train them up, take them into schools, and do outreach, and go into neighborhoods. And it was funny, we were leadership teams combined with some Americans and El Salvadoranians. We would combine together and take American youth teams around. The funniest things is the youth pastors would come to me because I would help translate as well as helping to lead. And they would say, okay, so tell me what we're doing exactly. And I'm like, oh man, this is a hard one. How, what should I tell you? I could tell you exactly what we're doing, but it's going to change five times. <laughs> Why? Because we're in El Salvador and we're doing ministry and we care more about people and care. And you're not going to, I don't know that you're going to understand this. But it's just different. It's like not about the clock right now. And it's going to change five times. Um, so I would have to navigate what I should tell them. So I'm like, I could tell you that's going to be this. And then I'm going to have to tell you again. And so interacting with different cultures requires different things of us. Like to be able to enjoy the beauty of Latin people or some Latin cultures, you just have to be willing to change. And I would say, I feel like it's more beautiful than what I actually grew up in. Like I felt this love and family that I'd never experienced before and warmth from people that I even didn't know that well. Like how could you be so warm and loving? Oh wow, it's just different. I love this. So when we go to different places, I, I love what we get um, access to. But I just wanna say that we're all on a journey into the more. That is in our heart, and, um, and I really believe that the Lord has more for us in multidimensional community. When we um, can embrace a community that is different than ourselves, 
What I want to talk next about is Colossians 3. Reading this scripture, I believe that there's some good treasures in it as we're talking about love and rich love and, and how do we love other people. I believe that there's some keys in here. Colossians 3, 12 through 16 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. And I want to stop for a moment. Some, ver- some translations say put on, but this says clothe yourself. Either way, just want to think for a moment. Right now, it's freezing outside in Greenville. We do not wear summer clothes at that time because if you want to have a successful, peaceful time outside, you're going to put on a nice warm jacket right now. Maybe a sweatshirt, maybe layers. What we wear is important. And the more extreme the situation gets, if we were climbing Mount Everest, we would probably have very different clothes. What, when the temperatures and the locations get more extreme, it's even more important what you put on. And I believe where the Lord is calling us to go is really extreme. Extreme in the sense that he wants to use us greatly and it might not be the easiest territory. So we need to get really aware of what we're putting on and very intentional. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I know these are just words, but these are words, if we could ever figure out how to live them and be them, wow, the world would actually know the Lord. (laughs) Bear with one another and forgive one another if any one of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all of these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of God rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. I believe that for us to walk in love, the rich, rewarding, rooted, deep kind that God has for us, we need to learn to put these things on. I believe that takes practice. And that's the thing about love. It actually grows when you give it away. So when you practice it, you practice putting these things on, it's just, you get a little bit deeper. And you might fail. Yeah, you probably will. You'll fail because you're human. But you're going to choose, am I in it or am I not in it? Whether it's three in the morning, whether it's your neighbor, or whether it's someone who inconveniently asks you for a ride. You get to choose your response at any time. Here's the challenge. Because we're so different, um, sometimes that can be challenging. We are watching Chef's Table, the pizza edition. How many people know Chef's Table? Netflix, um, it's, it is some of the most brilliant storytelling. So they tell the stories of um, chefs, and they're all very high-end, award-winning chefs. And um, there was this one, Kim Young, she was, is her name Kim Young? Kim Ann, Ann Kim. Her name is Ann. Yes, Ann Kim. She was on the pizza edition. She's a Korean American, came from Korea when she was a young child to America. And I'm listening to the story, and she makes these Korean American or a Korean fusion pizzas. And goes on to tell her story. When she moved here, uh, when she was a young child, she was the only Korean in her neighborhood. And then she goes on. The thing about the um, chef's table is they just tell the stories in such an easy way to hear and it's so vulnerable. She begins to share that as um, 
you know, they uh, made all their food in their kitchen. And then she goes to school on the first day of school as a young girl and uh, has a bento box. And in her bento box, she has kimchi and um, dried fish. And, um, and she said she opened it up and all the kids were like, ooh, what's that smell? And then they began to tease her. And, um, and she's just sharing this. And there's such a vulnerability in the story. I began to cry going, I could not imagine what that was like as a young child sitting there, and she said, she just went and threw her lunch away. And, she, and the kids would make fun of her. I said, and the first time in my life, I was embarrassed to be Korean. Because it was not normal, what, and the people, and the kids didn't know that kind of food, because it's part of culture. Because their culture was so different, and then she's coming into a place. And so, just hearing that, and she, um, she shared her journey about learning to, um, how she dealt with it, she got just funny. When they would make fun of her eyes, she would just laugh with them. And then later on, it shows a picture of her when she's in high school. And she's the only um, Asian girl in, this, in the picture, but she looks just like them and is wearing all the same clothes and um, has her hair done exactly like that because she just wanted to try to fit in. And um, part of her journey, which is a beautiful in the story, is her embracing part of her heritage in making with the Korean food and infusing it with pizza as well. So she's Korean American. So it's just a beautiful story, but it really highlights the challenge that we face when we try to put different people together. Especially we have different ethnicities and different cultures. And I say this because, do you know that is our dream? We talk about Revelation 7, 9 and worshiping God, all tribes, tongues, worshiping God together. But with it comes, like, it requires something of us. So what does it require um, for us to actually walk in love with people that are different than us? I have a quick list. I'll go as fast as I can. But first of all, I think it requires us to have value. Simply us growing a value for one another is a great starting point. Even if you don't have experience, you don't know, just having a value for humanity, because that is the heart of God, that we're all created in the image of God, even if we don't fully understand each other. Like, why do you eat the smelly fish food? Because I would never eat that. Like, it's really not about that, but do you have a value for them as a human? Secondly, walking in humility. We have to be able to see beyond our own selves. I think that's probably one of our biggest things as humans um, is our ability to think of someone more than ourselves and more than our stories, more than um, our experiences. Because do you know our experiences and stories are only part of a picture? Like the whole, we only see part, but God sees all of it. And for us to actually get everything that he has, we need to walk in humility. Um, and we can't always be the center of our own story. Um, we can't be the center of what we're protecting and focusing on, our feelings, our thoughts, our experiences, our story, our process. Because when we do that and we camp there, then we alienate ourselves and cut everybody else who has a different story off than us. And we would never be able to step into a multidimensional community at that stage. I believe that it's really powerful for us to step into proximity. So much changes when we can just get closer together. When we leave things at a distance and only watch about it on the news, that is a horrible, horrible plan. Do not let the news dictate or inform you on your opinions. Those beautiful humans sitting next to you is a great place to start. And then 
filling those seats with people that might have a different story than you and having humility, I can tell you it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life because you have humility enough to actually see them. Uh, One of my favorite little quotes, it's an African proverb. When I saw you from afar, I thought you were a monster. When you got closer, I thought you were just an animal. When you got even closer, I saw that you were a human. But when we were face to face, I realized you were my brother. Sometimes things can just get really distorted because there's so much distance. You just don't know. But when you get in proximity, there's almost a natural response to compassion because you actually see them and you hear them and you get to know them. How do we walk this out? Um, The next one is we begin to listen and to learn. It is imperative that we become listeners, that we get good at asking questions and continuing to learn because we don't have it figured out. We have a heart to go there, but we really have a lot to grow in. And um, I love brave communication. I believe that we cannot do relationship without learning how to bravely communicate with each other. Communication is the exchange of information. One of my favorite keys in brave communication is seek first to understand before trying to be understood. You know, when you're in a discussion or argument, your favorite thing is, I must make sure you know what I mean. What if we approach it differently and be like, help me understand what you're trying to say. Help me understand what you're doing. When in our journey um, with our black family, so in Reading, Reading is predominantly white. It's 85% white. And uh, at Bethel, because the school of ministry, so many different people were moving from all over, which was my favorite thing in the world. So many different people from other countries and other ethnicities and cultures. And we got the opportunity to, to do life together. But in 2014, stuff began to rumble. And um, there was a shooting in, um, of Michael Brown. A black teenager was shot and killed in Ferguson in 2014. So we had a community of, um, of all, you know, all different kinds of people in the church in a predominantly white area. And that's where I grew, I grew up in Northern California as well. And um, we had a, a ministry group called Being Black Empowering the Next Generation. It was like a, a ministry group of home groups that I worked with. And one of the main leaders was uh, a good friend. And, um, and I knew, I saw the news and knew that there was uh, this shooting. And it's just so sad. You know, I'm like, gosh, that's horrible. I don't love it. I don't, I mean, it's really far away from Reading. I didn't know anything else about it. I didn't do anything about it. And, um, and I forget, months later, she tells me, I meet with her. I don't meet with all the people that are in that ministry, though. And she goes, Candace. Some of the people in our home groups are really um, hurt that you didn't check in on them. And I'm like, okay, what did they want me to check on them? What did they want me to check on them about? She's like, well, the shooting happened, and that is that's greatly devastating and traumatic for a lot of them. And I'm like, okay, I did not know that. I'm like, did they know the person? No, you don't understand, Candace. Like. We feel greatly connected to what's happening in the black community in America, even if we don't know them. And I'm like, I did not know that at all. I am so sorry. Learning journey began for Candace. Candace learns a lot more about what is happening in her black family in Redding, California. And so and I needed to hear that so that I could love better because I didn't know. And I was so thankful because we, we, God began to put us around some of the most beautiful people 
to help us to learn. Eric talked about last week, we got the opportunity to go to um, a beautiful house in Carmel and meet with other leaders. And um, a couple of them were black. They're from all different um, spheres in society. And this one young man, he was married to a Caucasian woman. He was black. They had beautiful little kids. And this now was 2015. And um, there was just the next shooting. Uh, Freddie Gray shot and killed in Baltimore. And our, our community was beginning to just the pain was oozing. The pain was oozing in, in Reading in our black community. And I'm like, I hate this. I don't know what to do to love you. And I don't like what's going on. And I'm so sorry and I want to be a part of the solution and not be continuing to walk in Candace's ideas because I'm not getting it. So we go to the James house and we have conversations like, what is happening in America and why is there so much pain I don't understand? I understand it's horrific what's happening, but I'm trying to understand how to love my family well in Reading. And the black man begins to say, as he's sharing, he goes, you know, he talks about long memory and um, the black community, but he also says, our experiences are not the same. We don't view the world the same because our experiences are not the same. And I'm listening going, I live in America. You can be whatever you want to be. I don't understand, you know, and, and I'm listening. And he says, when I go to, I stopped by a gas station and I had to get formula for my son. And I go in the gas station and the clerk is following me around down the aisles. And I'm looking for um, formula, and they're like, um, excuse me, sir, can I help you? And you can tell that they're afraid. And he goes, this is what I encounter. And he began to share his experiences. And he's not a jaded black man. He was very healthy and, and whole. And even the way he was talking was super respectful and articulate. And I thought, Lord, you're so kind to let me get to hear from someone who is kind enough to share their experience with me. But what I learned as he began to talk is that, we don't all have the same experiences. And sometimes the color of our skin or the way that we look or the way that we smell or what we eat sometimes um, changes the experiences we have with people. But I would not be able to receive any of that if I wasn't humble and I couldn't listen and learn. And it's important for us as we talk about wanting to praise God and worship God, all tribes and tongue, wanting to build a multidimensional community, I tell you guys, we have to grow. It requires more of us than just, hi, it's so good to see you. Let's just laugh together. We're actually going to learn. We're going to get the opportunity to lean in. And if we can endure and not give up, there are places that we can go that the Lord is just waiting for us. He's waiting for us to get there. And so I say this to encourage us um, to keep going, to keep going on this journey. Um, and then we also, I'm going to wrap up here. It's imperative that we have compassion. Compassion um, will allow us, it'll be the pathway forward for us to actually get to know each other, but also do life together. And then lastly, um, learning to embrace each other. I believe that the way that we are going to, um, to learn to love each other is actually learning to embrace each other. And I say embrace because I believe that embracing has three parts. It starts with and this is a starting point. I see you. And I actually don't believe that a lot of us are there even. Our ability to see each other requires humility, requires being able to value someone above yourself. Because at a basic level, you see yourself. I mean, even that would be a win for some of us, that we're aware of what's going on in here. <laughs> 
but learning, and we laugh, but if you have kids, you know, like, there are little tornadoes running around and then blaming each other or something. You're like, actually, do you know what's going on inside of you? Look in the mirror for one moment and we're going to be okay. You know, that's just part of growing up and learning. So I don't say this to shame or condemn. I say this like we're just all at different places. So even us learning, starting with being aware of where we're at. Secondly, that we would actually have eyes to see each other. That's my prayer tonight, that we would have eyes to see each other. And then secondly, as we see each other, that we would accept each other, even in our differences, even um, in things that we might not understand. And then the last, I think that the, the maturity of this is to be able to enjoy and celebrate each other. I think this is really important. You know, um, we're doing, we celebrate black history in the month of February in Black history is important. Black people are important. All people are important. And it's, I'm, there's no reason that we can't actually take a moment and highlight and learn and celebrate from each other. Celebrate each other and learn from each other. I actually think it's a great starting point for us. And so just wanted to echo again and, and say, at Studio, we, it's in our heart to build multidimensional community. And we want to learn even more about God as we learn more about each other. And that we learn to, to actually get into each other's lives and go beyond just the getting to know you, going beyond just the, um, the first stages of laughter and delight, but actually going into deeper. I actually dream of building a community where we get the opportunity to give to the point of sacrifice for each other. There's just something that's beautiful that happens in that place. Even as we begin to worship um, tonight, I could see God just opening the floodgates of his presence and pouring out his spirit. But I believe that the places that he wants to take us with his presence and his spirit involves us learning to love each other to a deeper place, to a deeper place. So I, I say this all in the month of love as we get ready to celebrate Valentine's Day, but we're also... Um, celebrating, taking time to um, celebrate Black History Month. We're having conversations. It's all an opportunity to grow, guys. And we won't, we're not going to just stop with one culture, one people, but really getting eyes to see each other and just going deeper. Um, I want to leave us with an invitation and a challenge. The last one is my invitation slash challenge is that we put on love, that we're intentional what we get dressed in when we're tired and when we're awake, when it's morning and night. That my invitation and challenge is that we're present and that we are able to engage with people. That we would grow ourselves, that we would commit to learn. Whether that's asking people questions, learning their stories, whether it's reading books, whether it's um, listening to podcasts. And then next, that we'd be a safe place and create safe places for people. That's what we experience in God, and I believe it's part of being a refuge for people as well. And that we would commit to each other. I believe that our best days are ahead when we don't give up, and we don't give up on each other. And know that we're humans, that we will fail, that we, um, it's not always gonna be easy, but you don't get to the good stuff if you give up, <laughs> or you give up. I tell, I just, whenever I'm doing parenting stuff, I say if I wasn't a committed parent, I would have dropped my kids off on the corner a long time ago. <laughs> like they have been pills, pills, pain, pain in my life in different stages. <laughs> They're absolutely the most wonderful people thing that I've ever got the op option to do on the earth is to have those two beautiful ladies. They have my heart, but I would never get to that place if I would have dropped them off and left them on the corner. 
And I say that, I mean, at all, it's just, you have teenagers, you might understand. <laughs> or three in the morning when they were little, and you're like, somebody take them, please help me. And then lastly, be committed to healing, reconciliation, and restoration. This is the heart of God, and um, this is where we're going. This is who we are. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. Thanks for listening, and we hope this talk benefits you in every way possible. For more information about Studio, you can go to studiogreenville.com or go to Instagram and look for studio.greenville. We would also love it if you would leave a review and hit those five stars. Other than that, have a great week and we'll see you soon.